You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. I thank the Lord uh, for our church. I thank the Lord for His blessing on us uh, this year. You remember just, it wasn't that long ago uh, during uh, COVID and all of that when we were meeting outside and we were having drive-in services and online services and uh, I tell you it's amazing what the Lord has done and uh, here we are and not just with the church but uh, what God has done with our school and uh, uh, first year I, I still when I tell people I still have to uh, I have to pinch myself to, to really say no that's actually that's what happened 131 students our first year uh, at Victory Christian Academy this year we're I think 160 or 161 and uh, it's a miracle what God has done, and uh, praise God for His blessing upon us. So I'll share some of that during the business meeting. A lot of the, the vision and the goals I'll share with you in January, the vision for 2023. But we'll try to keep the business meeting short and sweet because uh, how many of you, it's your bedtime about 8 o'clock? Let me see your hands. 8 o'clock's your bedtime, all right? How many of you, if you could, you'd go to bed earlier than 8? Eight. 8's actually kind of late, okay. Uh, how many night owls do we have? How many like to stay up late? Look at that crowd right there. Wow. I'm impressed. I used to be a night owl. Not anymore, though. I can't handle it. Uh, y'all, you're tougher than I am. I can't, I can't stay up that late. I can stay up that late. I'm just no good the next day. You know what I mean? I'm sick and I'm, I'm angry. And boy, you ought to hear me yelling at the staff. And oh, my, it's, it's brutal if I stay up too late. Brother Dan, you're at the other property. You don't even know. And... Uh, now, now, yeah, now we do know what goes on over at the school, in the school office. And uh, I didn't know, I didn't know until we had uh, Michaela. And uh, Michaela is our receptionist over there, so she kind of fills me in on all the hollering between Brother Dan and Miss Kelly. And oh, let me tell you something, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. I'm teasing. For those of you listening on the radio or online, you can't see my face. I'm kidding. Um, but um, praise God. Chapter 8, the book of Revelation. We have seen the first six seals have been opened. You say, what in the world's a seal? Well, imagine a, a large, uh, a lengthy, long scroll. And as that scroll is opened, there is a seal. And that seal is opened and then there is more of the scroll that is unrolled and more of the message that is given. And then another seal is opened and more is revealed. And so we have seen now in uh, chapter 6 and chapter 7, we have seen the six seals of God's judgment during the tribulation. Now we saw last week in chapter 7, we saw the 144,000 witnesses that God sends out in the midst of the tribulation. And you know what those 144,000 witnesses are doing? They're preaching the gospel. They're sharing the good news. People are getting saved. And uh, the power of God is at work. By the way, anytime the, the Bible is preached and anytime the gospel is presented, there is power in that message. Uh, because it is the Word of God. It's not my Word. It's not your Word. It's the Word of God. And so we saw that with the, the witnesses. We also saw last week some of what is taking place in heaven. And we saw last week in heaven they're singing. They're serving God. They're spending time with God. He is dwelling in the midst of them. And uh, there is no more sorrow. 
No more pain, no more weeping. And praise God for a day when you won't need another Kleenex box. You won't need another handkerchief. Uh, praise God when there will be no more crying. Hallelujah for that. I want you to notice in chapter 8. Now we shift uh, our view. We're still looking at heaven, but we're looking at heaven in regards to what is going to happen next on earth during the tribulation. It says in Revelation chapter 8 and verse 1, And when he had opened the seventh seal. Now how many seal judgments are there? There are seven. So this is the last one. And I'm sure there are some people thinking, Finally, we have reached the end. This is the last of the seven seal judgments. But notice what it says in chapter 8 and verse number 1. It says, And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Now, can I tell you, 30 seconds of silence is a long time. 30 seconds of silence is hard to accomplish. <laughs> In a room like this, even 30 seconds would be hard. But can you imagine for 30 minutes, all of heaven stands still. There's no singing. There's no rejoicing. The angels have stopped for those 30 minutes, crying out, holy, 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 and worshiping, and the angelic choir has stopped singing. You say, well, what's going on? Why have they stopped? Because of what they know is coming next. The Bible says in verse 2, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it unto the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us and give us what we need in these few moments that we're together tonight. I thank you for your word, and I thank you that we know that your word is true. Uh, we don't have to guess or wonder of what's going to happen after the rapture. We don't have to, to wonder what's going to happen during the tribulation because you have told us in your word exactly what is going to take place. And I pray that we would be grateful and thankful uh, that as Christians we will not be here but I pray we would also be challenged and burdened to reach people and to see people saved so that they do not have to experience the wrath and the judgment of God uh, that unfolds during this time of tribulation. Please bless now in this service, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. We see in chapter 8, we see the seventh seal is open. It'd be like if you had seven envelopes that you were opening. And you open the first envelope and, ooh, that's bad news. <laughs> Maybe it's a bill. You know, you open that and, oh, man, that's a bill. You open the second one, oh, that's bad news. The third one, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. And finally you get to the seventh and you think, finally we're done. And you open the seventh and you find out there are seven more envelopes inside that seventh one. And that's what's happening here. The seven seal judgments, but the seventh seal reveals 
that there will be seven trumpet judgments upon the earth. The Bible says that this is so serious and this is so incredible that heaven is silent for 30 minutes for the space of half an hour. Maybe it's the amazement as all of heaven sees God's plan is unfolding. Maybe it's shock when they see all that is going to take place upon the earth. Maybe it's the calm before the storm. The Bible tells us in the book of Habakkuk that, that all the earth should be silent before the Lord because He is in His holy tabernacle. And I want to tell you, when God speaks, we ought to listen. Have you ever tried to explain that to your child? Your child that needs to know something very important, but they won't be quiet and they won't hear what you need to tell them. Maybe for some of you at work, maybe you've got somebody you're trying to train. And you say, now this is very, very, very important. I need to tell you about it. And they don't want to listen. They just want to talk. And you're thinking, if you knew what I was getting ready to tell you, you'd be quiet and you'd listen. Well, I want to remind us as God's people, we, we sometimes we like to do all the talking. And that may be your personality or that may, may be the way you are. But when it comes to our relationship with God, there better be some time where we get real quiet. And there better be some time where we become silent. And we say, God, I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, I was uh, this past week, uh, I, we, had the, we got the flyers out there still. If you've not yet been over uh, to the Vance County camp meeting and you have time uh, Thursday or Friday, I'd encourage you to go. Uh, I took Lacey with me Monday night. We drove over to hear Brother Joe Arthur preach. And uh, I love Brother Joe Arthur. He, he's coming back in June and he is a blessing. He's been a great friend to me. And uh, we were talking a little bit while he was in town. And, and uh, you know, I try. I try when I'm around people like that. I try to listen. Because there is a man who's got more wisdom in his little pinky than I feel like I've got in my whole body, you know. And I try to listen. Now, he'll ask a question and I'll say this or I'll, he'll ask about this and I'll try to answer. Uh, but, but I try to listen. I want to learn something. Well, can I tell you, God's got something to teach us. God, how many, of you, how many of you know God knows more than you do? Did, did, did you know that? Okay, I want to make sure we know that. And this book has the answers to all of the problems of life. And if we would just be quiet, if we would just be silent, and if we would listen, God could speak while all of heaven goes silent because of what is about to take place in heaven. Verse 2, I saw the seven angels. These angels are blowing or sounding the seven trumpets. And it says in verse number three, and another angel came. This is before the trumpets begin to blow. And it says, another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him uh, much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the what? What's that last word? Verse three, the throne. Now, hang on. This is a unique perspective into the throne room in heaven. You know what we find in this passage? We find that God is on his throne in heaven. And in that throne room in heaven, there is an altar. Now, it's like we're mixing from the Old Testament. We're mixing the throne of the king and we're mixing the tabernacle of the priest and we're putting them together. And you say, well, how is that possible? Well, because on earth there was a king and there was a priest and those were separate entities. But in heaven, there is one king 
And there is one priest. And Jesus Christ is the King of kings. And Jesus Christ is the great high priest that uh, ever liveth to make intercession for us. And so there in the throne room, there is the altar. And on that altar, there is a censer. Now, this censer, C-E-N-S-E-R, this censer would be like a pot that you find in the Old Testament. And this pot contained hot, burning coals. Remember in Isaiah 6, when the angel flew and he, he took with the tongs, he took the coals from off the altar and he placed them on the, the tongue of Isaiah. So here we see there is a, a censer, a pot, with hot coals, burning coals in that pot. And in that pot, there is incense. Now, it doesn't just say incense. It says there is much incense. There's a lot of incense in that pot. You say, well, what is that incense? Well, the, the answer is given, verse number four. It says the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. These are the prayers of the saints. Now, hang on. These are not the prayers of the saints that are surrounding the throne in heaven. Because when you get to heaven, did you know you're not going to have to pray like we pray now? You're going to have direct access to God. You can go talk to him and talk to him. And in heaven, you're not going to have any more needs. You're not going to have any more burdens. You know what we're going to be doing in heaven? We're going to shift gears. It's not going to be prayer and praise, but it's going to be a whole lot of praise. We're going to be worshiping the Lord. We're going to be with him. And so it says there is much incense and it's the prayers of the saints that, that is offered up and it, it is a sweet smelling savor in the nostrils of God. God loves it when his people pray. You may be bothered when people ask you for stuff. Maybe you've got a customer that's always bugging you or maybe you've got, maybe it's a family member that's always bugging you or, or maybe you've got a student, some of you teachers, and that student's always asking this, this, this. Did you know you're never gonna bother God? You're never going to annoy God because you're praying so much. God wants to hear us pray and he desires for us to pray. And the Bible says there is much incense uh, in that pot. And the Bible tells us that it is the prayers of the saints. Now, hang on. I want you to think about this. These prayers that are offered up to God are prayers of the saints. Maybe it's the prayers from the tribulation saints uh, that have already now uh, uh, been martyred and are now before the Lord. But wait a minute. The prayers that they prayed are still there. The prayers that they have prayed have not been answered yet. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's some of our prayers that we've prayed that haven't been answered yet. Have you ever had a prayer that wasn't answered right away? Yeah, I have. I think we all have if we're honest. But did you know that when God doesn't answer your prayer right away, God doesn't lose track of it. God doesn't forget about it. God does not discard it. God doesn't stamp it and say, well, that one's expired. God saves up the prayers of his people. And during the tribulation, the prayers of the saints are brought before the Lord in that pot of incense with the coals. And the Bible says in verse five, now, now look at this. The angel took the censer and he filled it with the fire of the altar and he cast it into the earth. 
And the Bible says, and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. How many of you think that sounds like something pretty powerful, don't you think? Voices and thunderings and, and earthquakes and lightnings. And you know what that was? That was a result of the prayers of God's people. We pray, and I think we should pray and follow the pattern that Jesus gave. We pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now, has God's will been completely done yet? Oh no, God's still working. Has God's kingdom come to this earth yet? No, it hasn't come yet to this earth. There's coming a day when his kingdom's gonna come and he's gonna sit on the throne in Jerusalem and he's gonna rule the whole earth. That's coming, but that hasn't happened yet. So maybe it's those prayers. Those who have prayed, Lord, we want your will to be done. We want your kingdom to, to come. We want you to, to, to get the victory. We want you to take care of those who have hurt us. We want you to be the one that deals with those who have afflicted and those who have persecuted. You see, the purpose of prayer is not to get man's will done in heaven. But the purpose of prayer is to get God's will done on earth. And we pray many times for our gain. We pray many times for our benefit, but that's not the purpose of prayer. Prayer is that God's will would be done. What is God's will? I'll tell you number one on God's list, what he wants and his will for this world. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know what God's will is? He, his will is that everybody be saved. That's why God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's God's will that people be saved. He doesn't want anybody to die and go to hell. It's God's will for sanctification. It's God's will that every born again child of God, that we be sanctified, that we be holy, that we be set apart. This is the will of God, the Bible says, even your sanctification. So we see before the trumpets are blown, we see the angel in heaven with the prayers of God's people and he takes those prayers and he mixes them with fire and that fire is unleashed on planet earth. Verse number six, and it says in the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Verse number seven, the first angel sounded and there followed hail, and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. Now, folks, you know in, I don't even know what time of year it is. I guess it's usually in June, July, probably August, when they start talking about the forest fires in California. And by the way, if you've ever seen a map, it's amazing sometimes the, the large land masses that are on fire in, in those forest fires. The Bible says that when the first trumpet judgment sounds, the Bible says that there will be one third of the earth, the trees, of the grass that will be burnt up. You say, how does this happen? The Bible says that there was hail and fire mingled with blood. It's probably the color uh, or the, the, the consistency. It's probably not actually blood. 
But nonetheless, there's hail and fire that is mingled with blood that falls from the sky and it burns up one third of the trees and the grass. Now I got news for you. This world right now, as we speak, this world is very concerned with climate change. I want to tell you, this is going to be all out panic. Can you imagine seeing fire falling from the sky? Can you imagine seeing trees and fields and, and, and forests and crops and, and one third of everything completely burned up? That is why heaven stands silent for 30 minutes. Because the earth that God created, the place that God made in Genesis 1, he is now, after all these years, he is unleashing his wrath in judgment. And that right there, that ought to cause us to fall on our faces and say, first of all, thank you, Lord, that I don't have to go through that. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for delivering us from the wrath to come. Uh, I believe, and we've gone through it before. I'll say it many times, I'm sure, as we go through Revelation. I believe uh, Revelation 1, John sees Jesus. Revelation 2 and 3, the church age. Revelation 4, verse 1, I believe, is the rapture of the church. And Christians are raptured out. And you get to chapter 5, you see the scene in heaven. And chapter 6 through 19, you see the great tribulation of seven years on this earth. And the Bible in chapter 6 through 19 does not mention the church. Chapter 6 through 19, the Bible doesn't mention those who were saved before the rapture. It mentions those who get saved during the tribulation, those who never heard, the witnesses. But the Bible does not talk about us down here. You know where it talks about us? Up there. And you talk about a time of praising God that we're not going through the tribulation. We have been saved from the wrath to come. You say, what did we do? How did we get by? How did God uh, allow us to, to miss out on that judgment? Because you, if you're saved, you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ on Calvary, he faced the wrath and the judgment of God for your sins so that you wouldn't have to. And I think in, in heaven during the tribulation while we're watching or while we're seeing, I think we're going to be saying, praise God, I'm saved. But I'll tell you something else I think we ought to be thinking about. Is I wonder how many people we've tried to warn. I wonder how many people we've tried to witness. I wonder how many people we've cared enough to pray for them. The Bible says the prayers of the saints, uh, they are powerful. They do a work. And may God help us to have a greater burden for souls. May God help us to have a greater desire to reach people with the good news of the gospel before it's too late. This right here, Revelation is not a fairy tale. It's not a scare tactic. It is a revealing. It is an unveiling of what is to come. And I'm thankful we have the book of Revelation, but I think we ought to take it, and I think we ought to apply it, and I think we ought to live every day as if this is true, because it's the Word of God, and it is true. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.